Hello and welcome back to Winging It. I'm Lucy Hitchcock and I want to show you how to build, maintain and totally own a career that you love. Whether we're chasing our dream career or running our own thing, there's one thing we all have in common. We're just winging it from one day to the next, finding our feet. You might often find yourself thinking thoughts like, how could someone make me a manager? Am I qualified enough to run my own business? How can I bag that dream job I've always been after? Am I ready to take a leap of faith and quit my nine to five? And one of the biggest questions of all is always lingering over our heads. Do I have what it takes to do what I love and make money from it? The Winging It podcast is all about taking that imposter syndrome, grasping your success with both hands and running with it. You're listening to episode 10, why it's hard to be a startup, the honest gritty truth about running a small business with the Squirrel Sisters. Today, I am so excited to have a catch up with two of my absolute favorite founders and sister duo, Gracie and Sophie Tyrrell, more commercially known as the Squirrel Sisters. Squirrel Sisters is a health and wellness company founded by sisters Gracie and Sophie. The sisters have a range of award-winning healthy snacks that are available across the nation in Waitrose, Morrison, Ocado, Selfridges, Whole Foods, Planet Organic, BP, M&S Courts, and WH Smiths. The girls have had no investment to date and are an all-female team and big fans of female empowerment. Not only are they entrepreneurs, but they are also authors, having recently published their own cookbook, Naturally Delicious Snacks and Treats, which was just named the top nine best healthy cookbooks by The Independent, which is amazing. The Squirrel Sisters on-the-go bars are for people that are hungry for easy, energizing, positive choices. Choices that feel good to make. Choices you don't need to think twice about. The girls are on a mission to help you treat your health because they believe healthy doesn't have to be tasteless or restrictive. It can be indulgent and delicious. Now, it's always been my intent to provide an honest view of what it's like to start your own business, and Sophie and Gracie were very keen to come on and share their experiences with you. They've been through it all, from the struggles of trying to get stocked on the shelves of a major retailers, to struggling as founders because they're women. This week, there's going to be no holding back as they discuss what it's really like to run a startup and how to deal with each and every situation that comes your way as a founder. If you're listening to this on your phone, make sure you get the best experience by downloading the Entel app. Entel is an interactive podcast platform that combines the best of audio storytelling with the richness of the web. So this means you'll be able to follow links, view images, follow people on social and much more by just tapping your phone. The music for this podcast is epic, I know. It's been provided by the Edit Album, a curation of copyright-free music for creatives. Our listeners get 25% off with the code SASSY25 and I'll leave the link in the description box or if you're listening on Entel, you'll be able to click the link now. Otherwise known as the Squirrel Sisters. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so I always start off these episodes by asking you to give a little introduction. I've obviously given you an introduction already, but can you introduce yourselves? What is the Squirrel Sisters? So, um, 
We are the Squirrel Sisters, and we are actually sisters, because <laughs> a lot of people think Amazing. it's like a marketing <laughs> thing, but it's not. We genuinely are sisters, um, and we started Squirrel Sisters as a blog. It was never really a business idea. It was more just a passion of ours. Um, we've always been into health and wellness and feeling good, but also not restricting ourselves. So um, our blog was really all about kind of balance and being girls that like, you know, we at the weekend we go out with our friends, um, have fun, but um, we love the way kind of food makes us feel and feeling energized and good. Um, so everything was sort of about taste. So the recipes we did were very much um, whole ingredients, really good for you, but just tasting amazing. So you didn't feel like you were missing out by being healthy. And we saw an opportunity to turn it into something bigger, um, which was obviously a business. So we decided to launch bars as our first products and the bars were something that I used to make for Sophie years before uh, because of Sophie's gluten intolerance which she can talk more about <laughs> later um, but yeah we kind of thought it was perfectly aligned the bars you know they were whole ingredients yeah. natural um, no added sugars syrups or sugar alternatives or anything like that um, and at the time and um, there wasn't really anything available that was gluten-free that actually tasted good um, and if it did taste good it tended to be full of sugar or kind of additives um, and we wanted to kind of prove that you could actually have completely natural, healthy products that also tasted good. So um, that's really where the bars sort of came about from. And then, yeah, we launched them as our first product in November 2015. Oh, gosh, that seems like so long ago. I know, it I does, know. actually. We were going three years. years. Yeah. I remember when you first launched as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember the time of the sugar-laden like bars of, like, you know all like the nuts and stuff in them and just at that time I was working with Madeline Shaw so I was like I'm not touching sugar (laughs) and then obviously like you guys I can't actually remember how I met you I think we were emailing because we did some we dropped some off with Madeline yeah Yeah. and then we met yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) all those years ago (laughs) so random so when you started your blog, were you working, like, what did the early stages of your career look like? Or was it something you were doing at uni or? No, so we were both working. So I was living in Singapore and working in branding and packaging. Oh, my gosh. And Gracie was back here in London. Um, she was working in film, so behind and in front of the camera. Um, so completely different. And we... I never even knew that. Yeah, so it was a, <laughs> we had no experience. We just really... Um, like Gracie said, you know, it's always been a passion of ours, food yeah. and feeling good, but also eating delicious food. So um, we started the blog as a way of keeping in touch. So both of us knew that we'd like to do something in the food industry. Um, one of my passions was brand and Gracie's is really all about nutrition and recipes. So it worked really well that we had those two things that we could bring together because obviously they overlapped a lot as well, our interests. And when we decided to turn it into a business, my husband's a designer, so got him working late, <laughs> designing us a brand. So that was brilliant um, and a real help. And we, because we had the recipes, we then went out to factory. So that was, it was quite a big challenge finding somewhere. And we honestly just started by Googling everything. So I As don't know how, does. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how people, started businesses before Google. I suppose maybe they had more experience in, in yeah, the Yeah, like, field. would you have to write to a factory to be like, hey, I'm thinking of yeah. making these bars. Can you do it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
so we found this factory eventually after doing a few trials and they were just brilliant they completely got what we wanted to do and they were really aligned with our passion about quality of ingredients and taste and so we started doing that and the the um initial trial runs went really well we only had to make a couple of tweaks and then um we just decided to to go for it so we started trying to get in touch with buyers so one of our funny stories <laughs> is that um the whole foods buyer we desperately were trying to email him yeah um trying to ring the office couldn't you know didn't get put through because obviously they have so many calls all the time so we decided to resort to social media stalking found his personal Classic. twitter <laughs> and then started tweeting him and he didn't reply at first and then we found this show that we were going to that we thought he probably was so it's a specialty and fine food show and he replied and he was like yes i'm going and we were like well, can we meet you? And then started sending him pictures of two little squirrels together until he responded. <laughs> and luckily, he didn't turn his back on us and actually thought it was quite funny and decided to meet us. So we literally met him as he was walking into the show, kind of showing, scrolling through our phone, showing him the pictures of the designs and gave him the samples to try. And a couple of weeks later, we had an email saying that we were launching. So... <gasps> Amazing. We had to kind of bring our timings forward and get the factory going, and that was the beginning of Squirrel Sisters. Don't you think it's so funny? Like when you when you're trying to do something like that, you know, the the instant thing you do is call someone or like email them. But sometimes you have to like (laughs) properly make yourself stand out and yeah put yourself out there there have been other people that we've tweeted who haven't responded yeah. so it doesn't work with everyone no. that's like the story of <laughs> my life with this I like message people and I'm like hey do you want to come on the podcast and like half of them is just like no reply and I'm like Aww. I've come to peace with that now <laughs> yeah <laughs> you have to try the narrow assistance yeah exactly <laughs> so running a startup can look like fun on games on the internet especially on Instagram I think we all know that is mm-hmm. a highlight reel so what are some of the major struggles that you've faced so far and how have you kind of overcome those? Um, I'd say for us, there's been two kind of major struggles um, or challenges. And <laughs> um, the first one is hiring. And we were talking about this earlier with you, that just kind of finding someone that is as passionate as you are about your business and brand and everything, it's really, really hard. And we have made several mistakes in the past because I think coming into this and you know we didn't we were quite naive and um people are very good at selling themselves to you and we believed everything we're like oh my god they can change our (laughs) life they can do this and then they don't deliver (laughs) um so yeah we we have kind of made mistakes but we have learned from them and um when we did find someone that felt right and kind of really showed passion and um loyalty towards squirrel sisters we immediately Kind of took them on full time and they're still with us so um Amazing. you know i i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing obviously um it's you know a great learning experience when you make mistakes um but yeah definitely hiring is something that has been quite challenging and then the second thing for us which is ongoing is um cash which um yeah just we did start squirrel sisters well we were lucky enough to start it without having to get investment because obviously we had people that we like ian Sophie's husband we could get on board to help us with the development of squirrel sisters um and 
not having cash is just very, very difficult because as you get bigger, you know, the bigger retailers and supermarkets, they want you to kind of invest um, if they launch your product. So what does that mean? So um, obviously kind of being able to, uh, you know, they to pay to be on shelf or um, there's so many different things. So you <laughs> have to pay to be on the shelf even though they're going to pay you for the product. In so they word it differently. So how do you make money from that? So I suppose <laughs> the idea is that you pay for a certain positioning or a number okay, of so stores. It's almost like an advert. Kind of, yeah. So I mean, that's how it's legally positioned: is that you are investing in marketing at point of sale, but. One um, major retail, high street retailer asked us for £65,000 for a year's what? investment. So that would be seen as an investment into marketing, so shelf positioning and points of sale and other various things. But obviously... It's so difficult because everyone mm. says that you want to support small yeah. brands. This is what is so frustrating that they all, especially the bigger retailers, you know, they all say they want to support these young brands. Um you know after you've been in there a few months they treat you as they were the bigger companies and um, not all some are amazing but um, there are a few that yeah have been quite difficult with what their expectations are in terms of uh, money um, so yeah that has been quite a challenge yeah the retailers that we're working with at the moment have been really really supportive and helped us understand you know I suppose how we can invest in order to promote sales rather than just giving that lump sum or promising a lump sum. So we've been really lucky, like, you know, Waitrose, Ocado, Morrison's in particular have been brilliant to work with. Um, but yeah, other other companies that we've <laughs> either spoken to or um, worked with in the past have either asked us for money or expected a really high level of exclusivity. And if you're already with other retailers, you can't then promise that. Cause yeah. it's a, and so there are barriers that people think might be easy but that for a genuinely small company who doesn't have much money behind them or all the profit that we're making we're putting back into production so we just can't you know magic that money up and we've grown organically so far and haven't had investment so we haven't and it's something that we're definitely looking to do this year is to work out what is going to be worth doing and how we can actually work with our, the companies we're already working with in order to grow um but yeah it, it is it is a huge challenge and I think it's one that people don't often hear about either because sometimes people might appear as a small company but actually they have got big backing um or they've kind of know someone who knows someone and and we came into it quite naively without knowing anyone <laughs> or um or having previous experience so yeah we have literally had to try and grasp at anything we could and be innovative with our approach but you are three years in yeah and <laughs> you are stocked in like the biggest shops yeah I think yeah. which is amazing yeah and I think what's kind of interesting is that, you know before we started a business you know you see brands in supermarkets and you think oh my god they're doing so well but actually what we realize is once you get into these bigger places that's when the hard work actually starts and um it's just constantly kind of trying to grow sales um 
And, you know, once I think a lot of people have this assumption that when you're in a store, that's it, you've kind of made it. But it's actually really, really hard to just maintain yourself there and, um, yeah, just keep kind of growing, especially with without having the cash, which is um, obviously, yeah, something that is, is hard because you do need cash, really. So we are going to look and we have been looking um, to get investment so we can really go for it and grow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about talent. You are a female-only team. Yeah. Is that just out of, that's just like out of choice, or like the type of people that relate to the brand, or like what is that? Because women tend to apply. I guess women are more into healthy stuff, like gluten-free and raw, and you know, yeah. refined sugar-free. Well, our audience is definitely very very female I'd say we're kind of like 87% um female um so yeah I think it's it's kind of I don't know why we're all female yeah it's coincidence I mean if they're we have interviewed guys before (laughs) yeah uh, but I think it's just I just yeah it is coincidence but um we are definitely all about kind of girl power yeah definitely (laughs) um but um yeah it's definitely there are struggles being a I guess women in business yeah we have definitely um experienced some interesting things um which is particularly Sophie now yeah I She's think pregnant being <laughs> pregnant actually it you see people's true colors which is either really amazing so people are lovely okay. and like so excited for you or people see a bit differently I suppose because traditionally women have I suppose taken time off and things like that but actually I'm really lucky that my husband's going to be able to take um, shared parental leave so I'll be able to get back to work really quickly so in terms of our business it it will have an impact physically because I won't be able to necessarily go to meetings the first month that aren't in London things like that but um yeah, I think people have been a bit prejudiced. Certain um, people we've spoken to who would potentially have an involvement in the business have made it quite clear that they're not that happy about the situation. Um, what? <laughs> trying to be diplomatic. I know. <laughs> yeah, I no, tell. I mean, some of the, the comments have been very shocking. And um, yeah, but if anything, it's actually... It's, it gives us an opportunity to be like, well, we'll prove you wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah, it couldn't be more motivating to make the company succeed because now you have to think about someone else that you've got to pay for. <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah. I find it so weird in this day and age that that still happens because people like, on the outside, they're like, yeah, women's rights, you know, women and men should be paid the same. You know, men yeah. say that, women say that. But then, like you said, I've never experienced it, but obviously people show their true colours. Yeah. And it's just so, like, bizarre. It is. Yeah. Because also, if, you know, obviously the world is changing in terms of how people are reacting to gender equality and gender fluidity, etc., and sexuality. But women have to carry the children. Biologically, there is nothing we can do about that. Yeah. And, um, you know, we want to start... A family me and my husband so there's no choice but me to be the one to carry the baby and then give birth so it is frustrating because you know people don't wait to hear how I'm going to make it work or understand that you know there might be a month or so where I'm 
a little bit less productive. <laughs> Understandably. And, and <laughs> at work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm also really lucky that because I've got Gracie as the yeah. co-founder of Squirrel Sisters, you know, we she's so supportive, whereas I'm not sure that someone else in that position would be as supportive and understanding. Um, so, yeah, it will be... It would be interesting, but I don't see why it's going to affect the business in terms of how we've set it up. Like maybe if I had to take six months off, you know, that would affect the business in some sense. But I'm not and you can still find time and you just have to make it work. And people start businesses when they have a tiny baby. So why can't I make it work when... I've you know we've already been into the business for three years and then continue that yeah Mm. I also think you can't and this is just a general statement but you can't let your work life always dictate your personal life yeah and there's got to be a balance you don't yeah you don't live to work you work no what way around am I trying to say it (laughs) yeah you don't work work to live to live (laughs) is that right yeah yeah. yeah, you work to live, yeah. Yeah, you work yeah, to live, yeah, not yeah. live to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you've got to do what you want to do. Well, exactly. Yeah. And I think as well, like, one of the biggest reasons we wanted to go ahead with starting our own business is because we could live our life how we wanted to as well, rather than, you know, working for someone else. Like, do what, you know, pursue our passion, but also be able to be our own boss. Um, obviously, it's not as easy as that when we actually started. Like, you... You can't just, you know, it's, it's, I guess, never ending and you, you can't turn off because it's your business. But, um, yeah, I think, I, I don't think it will be a problem. And I think, um, like Sylvie said, if anything, it, it's a massive motivation to do even better because now she's got um, a baby to support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really lucky that, yeah, my husband's work are really supportive of him taking the shared parental leave. And, yeah, I think it's just it's brilliant that that is actually now a government policy that that can happen yeah lucky with the timings <laughs> I think it happened yeah. a couple of years ago it went through oh did it yeah oh, amazing yeah that'd be nice and it'll be such a special time for both of you as yeah. well so that's nice and he's our designer so he can do you know yeah help us a bit more <laughs> <laughs> yeah while he's off work yeah, if you're like you know you're not taking care of the baby you get into work <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> so so obviously for people who have a product they want to get stocked in big rate retailers obviously you kind of got stocked in retailers pretty much from the get-go so what advice would you give um I think the main thing which we touched on earlier is persistence so it's if you I mean, there are so many different routes to market that you could try. Um, but I think if you prioritize and then make sure that you're, I suppose, you know, when you're following up with these retailers, you need to be going back to them with new news and things that think about what their role is within their business and what would interest them. So perhaps rather than just saying, did you get my email, send them an interesting article or some news that has happened recently within your business. So it's always good to be concise and approach retailers with, say, a few bullet points about why they should stock you. So maybe your rate of sale in another business, um, in another retailer, sorry, or some exciting PR that you've been featured or new products. So try to put yourself into their shoes and think, you know, how can I make it easy? What would make them read this email? And then, you know, open up the door for a meeting. 
So I think because people really love our brand story and we've won awards for our products, we've had brilliant PR and our rate of sale is always growing. We've been able to kind of always go in with those points. So that's been quite good at opening doors. But in terms of finding out who the right retailers are, there is a bit of research you've got to do, a bit of stalking. Um, LinkedIn's brilliant for finding the right people. And also just networking with peers. So we've always tried not to approach people who would be a direct competitor, but we might approach someone who has a drinks brand or just another healthy product that we can swap a few contacts with or talk about our experiences. And then with that information, go out again and just be a bit more informed about who you're trying to get in touch with. That's such a great piece of advice. Yeah, so it's you just have to keep going with it and... You know, sometimes people won't reply, but you might be able to ring them. Some people are better on the phone. Some people hate when you call. So it's just trying to <laughs> learn quickly from your experiences in that sense. And did you well. have like a list of retailers that you wanted to go to from the get go? Or did you kind of list all of the possible retailers ever that you wanted to go for? Not like we knew. Um, the retailers that we really really wanted but I think what we thought at the start was like these are the ones we're going to go for and it didn't really work out um, like that I suppose like um, obviously Whole Foods and Pan Organic were the initial ones um, and we got into there which was great but then from there we didn't realise I guess how difficult it actually would be um, so we did kind of just try whatever we could and then when we did um some trade shows we got approached by retailers that we hadn't even thought about to be honest but then that's now a really successful um relationship and um yeah so it has been quite random um and probably not the kind of route we originally thought it would be but it's it's been great and um yeah we wouldn't really change it I guess because like we said we were really naive at the start so we didn't really know what we were doing or how to approach it um so yeah kind of meeting up like Sophie said with brands that weren't direct competitors and being able to ask questions and hear their experiences was really reassuring and very helpful and actually another thing to to add is that you have to be quite patient because Mm -hmm. people have different range review timings and um you know you might approach them in June and they've literally just put a range review into place in store so they're not going to be looking at a range review sorry (laughs) a range (laughs) review so they look at their range um so say you're looking at um the free from fixture so they would be looking at all of the brands there how everything's performing um how things are differentiated i suppose that overall offer to the consumer and then it's up to you to convince them that your product is adding something different and will actually bring people consumers to their um, category as well because they don't necessarily want you stealing sales off another brand they want new customers so that their category is growing as a whole um, but we had so our free from our first free from buyer at um, Ocado so it took us probably a good year and a half before we got in there but he was so helpful and we never got disheartened because he was actually really he gave us really good feedback So we were, especially as a small business, able to react to that feedback. And he said, you know, so when we first launched, our packaging was quite large for the size of the product. 
and it was a logistical thing our trays were too big um we couldn't actually find smaller trays which is quite a long and boring story so I won't go into it but um and we have to have the tray in order to be able to wrap the bars so he was like well what would happen if you wrap the bars without the tray they'd fall off the machine they would basically yeah like (laughs) go at an angle and then the pack would rip um, when the clamp <laughs> tried to stick it, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's really very sorry, boring. Sorry, I, d- I did have to ask a question <laughs> for my myself. Yeah. So he was like, you know, you open the pack and it's too big, and obviously we're an online business, we're reliant on reviews on the product, and people will just review that this product is really small in comparison to the packaging. So that was really helpful, and then we just, I suppose, carried on speaking to him, and he's moved to another category now, but. We still see him when he go when he go up to Ricardo, and he loves that he actually had a real impact on our business as well, and yeah, in a positive so nice. way. So, a lot of buyers actually really love that they can it's make nice a that he cares as well. Yeah. yeah, it's really lovely, and they get excited because a lot of buyers are like so passionate about the food industry, and um, yeah, we I'm were also I mean, passionate about the food industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a great job you get to try so many samples (laughs) um but yeah they're really passionate we've had we've been really lucky to work with some amazing buyers that really support us and want to kind of I guess make us the next big thing and be there for our growth so yeah we've been really lucky with that yeah that's so nice and what do you find that having do you have 20,000 followers on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. That's why. yeah. <laughs> Do you find that people, maybe because you have more than 10,000 followers, people don't necessarily ask you, but I think a, a lot of people I speak to are like, I need to get to 10,000 followers at least because X, Y, and Z says, I don't have enough followers to be stocked here or um, featured here. Mm. Mm. Um, I would say it definitely makes a difference now because um, I think... Yeah, we well, we always talk about it in meetings. It's it definitely included in our pitch, and um, because we've got such um, a good following that's highly engaged, yeah. um, they're really buyers find that really intriguing, and you know we can put a post out and they know it's going to reach X amount of people. So it definitely um, helps. And before we launched the bars, we already had an Instagram account and we'd grown our following a little bit. So. Um, we were able to say it from the start, but yeah, it's it's definitely uh, grown and is growing on average kind of what a thousand a month now. So it's, it's picking up, yeah. which is good. <laughs> and I think for maybe yeah, smaller brands or brands who have slightly l- lower number of followers, as long as they focus on their relationship with those followers and also um, what they're putting out there and the rate that it's growing, I think that that can be impressive to retailers as well. Yeah, I so, think a lot of people just don't put enough time into it. And I know yeah. that you put so much time into it because you're constantly like, we're going out for, we're just going to go and check on the stores and then the <laughs> yeah. Instagram story it. And I think people, I don't know why, but people find that interesting. I find it interesting. I'm like, yeah. show me. Yeah. Yeah. We were definitely at the start, we were really awkward with our social media <laughs> and we it, we never kind of showed ourselves, I guess, because <laughs> we were just really awkward. Um, but then, you know, after speaking to several people, um, everyone said, you know, what, one of the things that is unique about your brand is you guys um, and people, you know, we're really nosy. We love to know what's yeah. going on and see who's behind the brand. So we thought, okay, we, we'll start doing it a bit more. And actually it's the yeah. posts where it's about kind of the business and us and our story that gets the most engagement. So 
um, yeah, we started to do a lot more of that because it just kind of gets people really interested and it is a really genuine, nice story. Um, and we are sisters, so people relate to that and the fact we're just two normal girls, so. Sometimes yeah. people find it so difficult to find their voice. Yeah. And I think it's so difficult when there's so many people in, on Instagram that do the same thing as you. And yeah. it, if you start reading other people's posts, a lot then you can kind of get into that frame of mind I mean I've been there you can get into that frame of mind of um, this is how they speak that's what they've said so I should also do the same thing mm, yeah. but actually it's just about kind of finding what works for you because I know your Instagram it's not like the typical picturesque Instagram feed but that actually doesn't matter Yeah, mm. and I think yeah. people can relate to that I guess because yeah. it's not so picture perfect it's just day to day yeah and I think that's definitely true what you're saying about kind of I guess getting influenced by other people's Instagram pages because at the start you know we would see people doing stuff and think we had to do that um but actually then we realized just be yourself and that's what will get the organic growth and the followers that genuinely are interested yeah um so that's what we started doing now and it's it's not perfect um it is just what it is and people like that I think because they can relate. Mm. You've got your own cookbook. We do. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. published that That's in April, um, which is so, yeah, was really cool because obviously we started Squirrel Sisters as a blog and it was where we documented recipes yeah. and stuff. So um, when we were approached by Pavilion Books, he's the publisher, we, it was just, yeah, kind of dream come true in a very cheesy <laughs> sense um so unusual is, though because obviously you've got the product and then they were like do you want to do a cookbook yeah and you were like uh yes yeah because <laughs> yeah. you know it, just to have that um and it's great for brand awareness as well but it's a really exciting opportunity and we obviously couldn't say no to that um and we did always discuss doing something like that in the future and we didn't pursue it because of just everything else going on so the fact that they approached us was yeah it was great. Yeah, and we were named one of the, was it the top, top ten? Top nine. Oh, <laughs> top nine. Healthy kickbacks. Nice round number. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> um, By the Independent, yeah. which is really cool. And it was alongside cool. like Gordon Ramsay, Tom Courage, and the Body Coach. Yeah. So, very, oh, what a win. That yeah. was a really, really nice way to start the year. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Um, so you've obviously had some really big wins along the way. What do you think has been the best part about running your own business? Um, the best part, so I would say that um, getting to work together, so being sisters and kind of yeah, pursuing <laughs> our passion together. That's so nice together. that you have that relationship. Chelsea was just saying that she, yeah. she d- doesn't know whether she'd be able to work with her sister. A lot of people <laughs> say this. Do you have more than She's like, don't put one. that in. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I think maybe that's because it's usually um, siblings that have more than one that say that they wouldn't be able to do it. So I think because it's just the two of us, we've obviously, and we're only two years in difference in age. So I think we're so close and it has only been us. So um, I think that's, yeah, we just get each other and you know, we are aware, you know, we know each other so well. So if the other one's tired or not in the mood or something, we know and just don't kind of. Um, yeah we just leave each other to it yeah, but yeah. I think yeah it's just so good because obviously being family you 100% trust each other and you can be honest as well so you can say how you feel about things and know that the other person isn't going to get annoyed um, so yeah we're really lucky with that and we're both so 
passionate about it. So it's really nice to be able to kind of do such something that a is such a huge relationship. I imagine working with family because you can literally say anything whereas you have to kind of tread carefully around friends sometimes if you're trying to be honest but you don't want to offend someone yeah yeah or like we don't ever you know silently get annoyed with each other like you might I don't know if yeah or like it was different that's just siblings you're just like you're annoying me stop like we need to do this yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. and we we are lucky because we do generally completely agree on things and yeah if there's anything that we don't agree on we'll be like okay well we can't do that because obviously we both want each other to be happy and I think there's like an inbuilt wanting the other person to be like happy just in general life so yeah like if there's any thing going on in the other one's life that you know might be a bit stressful or um if we're not feeling great, you know, the other person's really genuinely sympathetic. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want the other one to burn out. And it's not yeah. like, I don't know, maybe in another situation, people would be a bit like, oh, you know, this is going on, it's affecting the business. But we just haven't found that at yeah. all. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. And, I, and as we've like built the business, we found that we have differences and similarities that just really work so well for the business. Like either from what we are good at and enjoy, from a logistical point and role point of view through to our overall vision and what we get excited about as well, which is always changing. Yeah. So you, have, you both have different roles then, I guess. Yeah, so at the start, we just kind of did everything and we realised it overlapped and just wasn't productive because, you know, we weren't sure who was replying to what email. So then eventually after time, we also realised, we always knew, because we've always been quite different in terms of at school, like what... Um, yeah what we did you know I was I guess more creative I did more the art side of things English and um Sophie did more maths and stuff so which I hate <laughs> so I love it actually you're works. like when I rub yeah I know I was like, like stop it <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we are so different but also with our vision we're very similar so it's worked so well um and because we have different skills we haven't really had to hire people either because if one of us can't do it, the other one usually can so it has worked perfectly um and we genuinely have never ever had a disagreement about anything which people find shocking and they just can't yeah. understand how but we just haven't I think we knew we were so similar before we started this and knew we had the same vision and um goals that it was going to work and I think if there was anything at the start where we thought oh no she'll annoy me on this or like she doesn't get it or whatever we wouldn't have done it but we we knew it wouldn't be a problem and if anything it would strengthen our yeah. relationship because we get to see each other every day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what about you um I would say definitely the same thing working together has been brilliant um and I think aside from that because obviously we've we've gone through it like I really just love having a brand and my background is branding and packaging but I always worked on the new business and account management side of things so what I always really wanted to do was work for a brand and I love that what we do really like we can directly have an impact on someone's life you know I know it's not life-changing but we can or we can talk to them no, and get excited. No, but sometimes it is though because with people that have dietary requirements, yeah. a lot of the food on the market, you know, they can't eat because, yeah. you yeah. know, of certain intolerances. And I don't think, well, I don't have a food intolerance, but I know a lot of people that do and I don't yeah. think you quite realise the effect that it has on people until 
you know you know someone that yeah. has an intolerance yeah yeah and I think that's really nice and knowing that it's our brand out there that people are um buying and enjoying and relating to us and it's just yeah it's like a dream job really so yeah. that part of it is really oh, really I've got exciting. goosebumps <laughs> I'm like I just think like waking up in the morning and like you want to go to work it's amazing I was on the tube this morning I feel really sad for people on the tube that are like Oh, oh, I know. Yeah. And I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's another reason, actually, why, you know, being pregnant and having my husband taking the time off is so nice because I, I genuinely don't want to miss out on things. I want to be involved. I wouldn't want to take six months off and not, you know, be involved every day in what's going on. So. And I think yeah, we're in a really stage, because um, obviously running your own business, there's huge highs and lows. Um, but we're at the stage now where it just feels really, we're both so positive. We don't know why. It's just suddenly, I was going to say, how do, you, where, how do you deal with the lows? Do you both have lows together or are you like? It, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we do. Because I think um, obviously we're experiencing the same thing. Um, obviously, you know, with personal lives as well, that's different. But um, yeah, I would say it can get quite frustrating when you've spoken to retailers for you know a year and then you're so close to getting in and then something happens or they change the range I don't you know there's little things that just it doesn't happen and that can be so deflating and awful but then we've just learned that it is what it is and things don't happen overnight it does take persistence and patience and um when yeah, we've just kind of accepted it, really, that there are going to be lows. And How do you deal with the lows? Do you kind of I guess pick each other up? or We kind of, we talk a lot. So yeah. we'll, we talk about it and kind of really go into detail with like, you know, and then make each other feel better through, I guess, <laughs> we reassure the situation. So, angry. Yeah, we're <laughs> like, do you know what? It'll be fine because this is going to happen at this time. And then something else might, you know, come up. Yeah. And, um, we just kind of yeah I guess we bring each other up which is why again it's so nice to be able to work together because if one person is maybe more affected by a situation the other person could kind of step in and help yeah <laughs> talking think, is always the best way to get out of the lane and I think we just with each other we try and just turn it into a motivational stepping stone I suppose because if you if someone's like you know actually sorry we're going to delay the range review so your forecast is obviously then going to be affected and that has a big impact on us, our confidence, I suppose, or, you know, damn, we thought we were going to do this and this would happen. And I think it just means that you can't relax too much or get um, at all complacent about the success or the growth of the business and you can't rely on new customers. And so I think it just always gives us a chance to relook at things and actually work out okay you know we didn't get this but actually maybe that will happen in six months this is how we'll act with the situation but we'll focus on this now and try and do more of that because that's really worked before so it it just makes you relook at things and you always learn from stuff like that as well and we have at the beginning we'd be like oh we've basically got into here so that's brilliant and get really excited so move on to the next thing and now we're like no this needs to be thought through more strategically, I suppose, and considered rather than just always looking for the next thing. So 
this year, for example, we're really going to focus on growing with our current retailers rather than, like, obviously we'll be looking at new new retailers as well, but actually really making those relationships really strong and, you know, rolling out to more stores within their estates as well rather than being like, okay, we could add this person and this person. So, yeah, that's, I think, a way that we try and turn it into a positive. It's funny, isn't it, though, because when you're having low days or when something bad happens you constantly think about all the bad things that have happened and you actually don't remember any of the good stuff that's happened to you and so I always find well like you said talking to people really helps I mean I don't have my brother I don't have a sister but (laughs) I don't have family to like in my business but if I'm having rubbish day, I'll call my mum and my mum's like oh come on like look this is all the good stuff that you've done and it's nice to have someone to actually remind yeah, you yeah. um and I think it's important to celebrate those successes as well yeah so how do you celebrate your successes or do you not do you just we, kind of like we're done on to the next thing let's get the next one in the bag <laughs> yeah we don't really celebrate that much um we I'd say at the start we did yeah and then um, what we started to realise was that things took a lot longer. Say by the time something did get signed off or, um, you know, we got the new retailer, we had been dealing with it for, you know, six months to two years. So it was like, oh, finally, rather <laughs> yeah. than an actual excitement. But um, we did talk about that because we, we realised that actually it is important to celebrate your successes and give yourself a pat on the back. Um, but... So now we might, you know, go for now a non-alcoholic drink for Sophie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, nice go, go for a drink or yeah, stuff like that. But we don't really do it because it's it's yeah, always there's always more we can yeah. be doing. So I guess yeah, we we've kind of I suppose when we get those successes, we're already focusing on something new and exciting. So we're it's a real it's really great and it's so nice to you know when we would announce like a new retailer, for example, on social media and seeing people's reactions and talking to people it's just so exciting but I suppose we like live it the business the the whole time so it's just like oh you just feel really good so it's just we don't specifically I say celebrate yeah everyone has their different ways of doing it yeah so I've got one last question for you and it's if there was one piece of advice you wish you were given before you start your business what would it be um so for me it would be always trust your gut and particularly women I think we are very instinctive and when we get a certain feeling about something it's there for a reason so always follow that feeling because at the start we didn't do that and um it's yeah we've had a few kind of setbacks because of that but nothing major but I would say now like we've really learned um but we didn't really realize that until kind of a year or so in that it's very important to trust your gut I would agree with that one yeah <laughs> um I would say that you know go into it knowing that there's a reason that not everyone starts their own business and it is tough and I think with us something we didn't look at as closely as we should have initially was probably cash flow so I would say have a really robust kind of cash flow plan and possibly ask for advice from someone who is you know specifically a financial advisor or someone who can help you understand it better because we kind of thought oh you know we'll we'll have got the money back from the first production round in the first couple of months and then 
you know, we can really start putting ourselves on a good salary. And so, you know, just just be aware that that is something that will come up. And, and if you need, we were really lucky with our suppliers and their payment terms, and they worked closely with us to do small production runs. But some people need a lot more money up front to invest in production. So just be aware of what your cash flow will look like and whether or not you do need to raise or borrow um, initially. That is yeah. solid advice from a, from a maths lover. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming in today and speaking to oh, me. Thank and you. where can we find the bars? I've already said it, but tell us again. We are stocked in Waitrose, Morrison's, Onocado, Whole Foods, Pan Organic, Selfridges. Um, where else? Oh, just launched into WH Smith. Um, yeah. So we're in WH Smith Travel, so a lot of the hospitals and um, some of the train stations. Um, BP, M&S Forecourts, so the petrol stations with M&S. Um, we're in there. and About to launch into booths as well. Yeah, booths, the, the uh, waitrose of the north, as they call yeah. it. And we're in loads of kind of independent delis, cafes um, and farm shops and gems <laughs> so yeah lots of places and if people want to find you they can also like your instagram which is at squirrel sisters amazing thank you so thank much thank you so much i love having all of these incredible ladies on my podcast but I especially love having real honest stories which you can take and learn lessons from yourselves. I hope you'll agree that Sophie and Gracie are nothing short of inspiring and that you'll be able to take some lessons from these lovely ladies in today's episode. If you haven't tried their bars make sure you go and search them because they are absolutely delicious. I can vouch for that myself. This week's quote of the week is what's meant to be will always find a way. I'm a big believer in this quote, even though it sounds cliche, because I think it sums up both positive and negative life experiences so well. Whether you haven't landed the job that you wanted or you're struggling with something in your business, you just have to trust in the universe that everything will be okay and work out the way that it's supposed to. Things don't always work out the way that we hope them to, but they will work out in one way or another and you'll always end up where you need to be. Thank you so much for listening today. Have an amazing week. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on. I would love to hear from you. And don't forget to come and join the fun on Instagram by following me at lucyhitchcock underscore and at sassydigital. I'm trying to be enthusiastic because one of the intros last time I was like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> no one likes me. Like that when you're in, the studio, in the zone. <clears throat> be serious now. <clears throat> Sorry, does that make sense? Mid-sentence. Oh, these people are so boring. Okay, you ready? Did you get that? Are you recording? <laughs>